M. Rossiano. I mean, if I was going to marry a bird, I would marry a king parrot. And Michael Lucas. You can't be unhappy when you're stuffing that in your mouth. This is Emsolation. I just want you guys to be aware of them, to look after them, to not put perfume in them, to get them checked, to have your pap test. Oh, I don't necessarily want a macrame vagina life-size hanging on the wall. You're in Emsolation. Hello and welcome to Emsolation. I am Benjamin Wosley. I'm Ems EP and I also write the episode descriptions and the Emsolation newsletter. I know, you're ready, aren't you? We're about to usher in our podcast host and saviour. She's a writer, a singer, a stand-up comedian, and of course, a maximalist power queen that we all know as M. Rossiano. And she's about to be joined by her best friend since she was 11. He, of course, is beloved Australian screenwriter, Michael Lucas. And yep, you're about to hear your spiritual guide, M, sit down with her bestie, Michael, as he yarn events the shiz out of quite possibly the worst kept secret in reality TV probs ever. Yes, despite M's protests, distraction techniques and calls to look over there, we are now giving you all the confirmation you need in a very special episode of Emsolation that we are calling Hello, Dolly. Play the music, Seek. M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. This is M. Salation. Hello. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And welcome to perhaps the least surprising, most predicted payoff <laughs> to everyone. And I'm going to say it's 99.97% of listeners of this podcast have been waiting. <laughs> Congratulations. You're oh, all right. And this you. as promised. Actually, not as promised, but as speculated. Mm, mm, mm-hmm. Everyone was right. Yes. Yeah. The Mars Singer Omnibus Reveal podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and we were just saying it has, this has been two of the most surreal months. In fact, how many, no, what has it been? Six weeks? How many weeks yeah. has it been? Oh, we finished filming in at the the end of July. So um, August, two months, yeah, two months. It has been so weird because, as you know, we are generally very verbal with each other and then also, oh, firstly, wait a minute. You haven't said um, it. You haven't even said it. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> So Em has just been revealed as Dolly on The Masked Singer coming yep. second yes. to Anastasia. <laughs> dead, dead. I died. I'm dead. And beating, can we just say, Macy Gray. Well, I didn't even, I never got to meet them. This is the wild thing. And I wasn't even supposed to know it was Anastasia. And her and I were chatting very illegally backstage as each other's characters. We, We never said who each other was. But we were just chatting. She's like, I'm obsessed with you. She's a kook. She's so amazing. She's so high energy. You, you're and- also harmonising oh. together on stage. <laughs> so I just want to give everyone the satisfaction who listens to this podcast and who has been speculating that, yes, I am Dolly on The Masked <laughs> Singer. 
Season three, 2021. It's me. It's me. And <laughs> everyone knew the moment I opened my mouth, the first bar of the first song from Tones and I, Fly Away. Well, I also used it in the promos. I had a dream that someday I would just fly, fly away. Well, they did because it was excellent, excellent. <laughs> and may may I say your vocal performance, unimpeachable the whole way through. Brilliant. Your best Look, televised vocal performances. I just, I, this won't make any sense to you, but it will to the RuPaul stands. I <laughs> am Alaska Thunderfuck 5000 and this is my All-Stars Season 2 redemption. I, this... I'm going to say, I'm going to assume that she on her original season yeah. did not, in her mind, felt lived up to her potential, no. but then came back and was beyond fierce and made correct. It. And and, and well, I'm not quite Alaska in that. Alaska won season two All Stars, but it's that same vibe of the first time I sung in front of the country. I was like a deer in headlights. I had no idea what was going on. I cried a lot. I was very young, and then 17 years later, almost to the date that I got booted off Australian Idol, it's so wild. Because Anthony Kalia put a post up today saying it's been 17 years since I sung the prayer. That is wild. A, I know. I'm back on a Channel 10 singing show hosted by Osher Gunsberg. Wow. <laughs> but this time I fucking nailed it. Fucking nailed it. Like, week after week after week. It, it, it has been the best thing I've ever done that, you know, wasn't a direct project of mine. I mean, we'll go back to the start and you're yeah, going to yarn event us. the beginning. Okay, you're going to yarn event us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I love being yarn event. Okay. Yeah. My first question is, okay, so normally, as listeners with this podcast would know, you don't tend to do or consider doing reality TV no. shows. You, no. You very, very, you, be, you get offered a lot and some mm. of those times you have mentioned on the podcast, but I can just tell the listeners <laughs> she gets offered a lot. Like yeah. she's when they're doing those celebrity shows, and they always think, "Whoa, go, Em Rusciano," <laughs> and you always say no. And then this time, yes. Why? Why? Well, I think I don't know. For me, it was the singing aspect, the anonymous singing aspect, that got me over the line in the end. There was something about being able to just do the thing I love doing most without anyone having any preconceived notions about the performer. They would just mm-hmm. be forced to listen to the performance. So it was that. They offered me a lot of money. My tour got cancelled. Um, and then they showed me the costume and I got the song list. Um, and I was in. I was truly in. And there is this idea around reality TV that you either do it at the beginning of your career or the end of your career. And I... I understand that and I've even read some snarky stuff as made me bristle a bit about the mass singer should be just called what are they do or where are they now or something and but I don't know that the timing just felt really right for me and, and my career is going honestly better than ever and this just felt like a way to bring up the one aspect of my career that I have regrets over which is my time singing on Australian Idol. Where, so, where can I just say, you you were still one of the major finalists on the most competitive season ever watched by over 2 million Australian viewers every single night. So, I mean, look, I just want to put in context. Sometimes but I, you spin it. Like maybe it was a disappointment considering what you can achieve now. But, I mean, I, Jesus Christ. It, it was, was bad. pretty amazing. 
It wasn't. It, it was. wasn't. <laughs> You're biased. Just you let me saying any anyone who ever had a heart, I still think about it. And Alicia Keys, if I yes. got you, I mean, you, it's not like it was without amazing highlights. Anyway, True. we'll argue about no, this later. No, no, no. I did. I had some moments, but I didn't. I want, I'm not remembered for my singing from that show. And it, it, I'm going to be honest with everyone. It's haunted me at least once a week for the last 17 years, the mm. way I the way I left off the G pub on my singing. Now, everybody listening to this podcast I will have heard me sing somewhere because they they follow me, but I mm. am that weird internet famous. I'm that first generation of um, people have chosen me. I'm their chosen one. I'm not kind of thrust into people's lounge rooms every night at 7 o'clock. You know, I'm not a major pop star. I'm not someone that you've just got to know via osmosis. I'm just mm. someone who's become famous amongst people who either really hate her, let's be honest, there's a lot, and um, or my community. So I guess, yeah, I, I think that that's the important thing to remember. Yes, and time. I too have always advocated that you should take opportunities for more TV singing because I genuinely think it's got to the point that people have forgotten that that's where you Oh, began. Because so many, I would argue yeah. that a lot of people do know you from the project and things. Like obviously you've got your dedicated and mm. huge fan base. But in addition to that, there are people in the mass media that know you from Sydney Radio or from mm. the project who basically aren't really that aware. Like people I know still get shocked when they realise how well you can sing. So I also have always felt like it was good for you to get on a platform where people could hear your pipes again. Oh, yeah, you were the fiercest pusher of me doing it. Like you, when I when I nearly did it last year, but then it obviously didn't happen and there were lots of things going on. And I just, yeah, you were the one who like, do it, do it, this do it. This Carol's by Candlelight. <laughs> I always push you to do it. I will get you. I'll just nag you over to get you over the line on the other. All right. So my next question is, so you're going you're gonna to do it and then who knew? Obviously, I'm going to say your children had to know. <laughs> like how tight was the secret and what was your alibi to everyone else? Initially, it was really tight. Like, it was easy because I go to Sydney. It's a conceivable notion that I'm going to Sydney to do some filming. So mm. um, everyone that I live with knew they had to, obviously, because they were coming with me or staying here. So Marcella stayed in Melbourne to kind of keep the dogs afloat and go to uni and then Odie, Elio, Scott and I went up to Sydney and I told my parents we were just filming. I'm, I'm filming some. I'm filming a documentary for Channel Ten. We told your husband. I told you that for a while. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I <laughs> for a solid maybe a week, a I week think, and a half. I think maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah. We'll get to that. But so it was pretty tight initially, and then uh, Sydney went into a hard lockdown. Yeah. Yeah. And we were honestly. I can't tell you the the panic that was happening in terms of like Sydney's numbers were going up and up. My dad, Vincey, was really stressed about the fact we were there. He was like, you have to come back. I don't care. No one's even filming at the moment. What are you doing? What are you filming? What are you filming? And that started becoming the theme from family members and close friends. What are you doing? Stop it. Come back. Come back. And I was starting to look like really selfish and negligible. <laughs> Well, everyone that, was paranoid as well that they were going to slam the border shut and never open them, which the fear they was did. Not, yeah. not unwarranted. We'll get to that too. Yeah, so it was tight initially and then um, I did a pretty good job. I mean, we were away for a month and yeah. I'm pretty fairly prolific on social media, so that was exhausting. 
Oh, look, I was very, very impressed because you basically had some saved images that were clearly from around your house that you would <laughs> sprinkle. Oh, Marcella. Marcella was pretending. Marcella one night put on my pajamas and got my, a cocktail and put RuPaul on and took a picture. Wow. As though she would, I know the level of deception made me very uncomfortable. <laughs> and so, and now, so talk about how they. Uh, how they manage it because genuinely like you are hidden it, it, yes. it is legit like you are hidden I can't from tell you when I kept reading comments oh it's not the celebrities really in the costumes they have body doubles I it was I <laughs> I cannot tell you how hot and sweaty I was inside of Dolly I want you to know anytime Dolly was on stage singing or waving backstage that was your pal M dressed in some a little pink pajamas with a giant steel uh, with a backpack on with a yoga mat a giant steel ring with with 10 prongs and that skirt and the head all up it was like 15 kilograms that was me i promise like i can't stress that enough and, and um, so the apparatus how much did it affect your singing not too much i i was the most apparently according to behind the scenes i was the the mask that was able to cope the best with the ridiculous costume but when you think about it, I'm used to singing with things going on around me in a big skirt, yeah. in a big costume, with crazy dancing, and I'm able to kind of keep it together. So you never perform in comfortable attire, or very rarely. No. And also, to be honest, you you've been managing your life recently, carrying around Elio, who would be True. you know. <laughs> so in some ways, so yeah, it's but with- it, the security around the show is madness. You guys have no. Like, I cannot stress enough how intense it is. So you have a private security officer with you at all times. They drive to your accommodation. They drive inside the garage. You then have to put on a Jedi hood, which has got a reflective shield. So if paps try to take your photo, it just gets flashed back into their face. And then you get into the blacked out car with like very, very darkened windows. You're driven where we filmed to carriage works in Sydney. And then when you get out, you're ushered very quickly with the hood. You're not allowed to talk, not make any sounds. And you go into your trailer and that's where you stay. And then, and then you're there for like, you can be there for 12 hours in this trailer and you'll come in and out for performances and vocal rehearsals and stuff. And then when you leave again, hood on, everything covered up, ushered away into your blacked out car, taken home. And you never go anywhere without your PSO. And I had the best PSOs. Like they were just, they were so great. It, it, I had, I mean, I, I haven't said this and I, and I will say this. It, it was just the best thing I could have ever done. And if someone had have told me that, giant is a, dress as a giant toilet dolly, you will have a life epiphany, you'll have a rebirth, you'll get to spend 10 hours at a time by yourself in a trailer with your computer and with no one harassing you. <laughs> we all know that you do love quality alone time with a device. Oh, so, yeah, it, it was madness. And my first kind of day there, when you walk in and they show you the costume for the first time, and I stood inside it and I nearly had a panic attack. When they put her head over my face, um, I, I had to, I like started hyperventilating and they had to quickly rip it off again. And um, Why? Tim, because of claustrophobia. Yeah, I just got. I just think I was really overwrought by the whole situation. So they put you in the black cloak, and you've got all these security guards, and then you know, then you're coming into this big 
theatre, this big kind of warehouse where they're filming you and it's all set up like a village. And, I mean, I've been in lockdown for a year and a half. This is Mm. the most stimulation I've had in so long. And then you get taken in and and you meet the costume designer, Tim, who, by the way, won an Academy Award for Priscilla Queen of the Desert. Great. That's just what this country needs. A cock in a frock on a rock. Mm. So, and he's incredible. And um, then they put her on me and I just... I said to Michelle Barr, who's she's incredible, she's like a creative director and she's in charge of getting the dancers ready for the numbers for um, D Squared who have made all the incredible production numbers, all the choreography. Michelle's kind of in charge of all that and um, she's she's also a friend of mine. Thank goodness I had a very friendly face and I met her through Christy Willen-Brown and she um, she said, hi, Dolly, I'm so glad you're here and I nearly burst into tears. I'm like, oh, my God, Shell, what am I doing? She said, nah, you're going to love it. And she was right. So I stepped into Dolly. They put her on me. I went and did like a check and to see if I could actually move around. And they presented me with these like nine-inch heels to wear under the massive skirt. Why? Surely the mm. benefit of, of yeah. being cloaked is that you don't have to. <laughs> exactly. But like attention to detail, you don't win Academy Awards by putting dancers in flats. Do you know what true, I mean? Like, true. And I just want to say that I never, ever, ever doubted that it was you under there because I could tell that the person was giving it 100% <laughs> and was a true showgirl. And, 100%. And yeah. not anyone would have made those claps quite so precise. Yes, but I did my PSO Alex, Alex, um, who served in the in the an Eastern European bloc country army and spoke like this, doesn't mm. watch TV. I don't know much about TV. Uh, he said to me, you, 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 you tell them, you wear the runners, that you get a sore back. It's not, I'm not, you can't have a sore back. So I went to Tim, I had to go to Tim, Academy Award winning Tim, and say to him, I'm so sorry, um, I need to wear sneakers. And he was mortified. Appropriately. Oh. <laughs> I really yeah. felt like I let everyone down in that moment. All the gays that worked behind the scenes, I feel like they were all just like, Oh. She's doing it in flats. They were very bedazzled sneakers. I did see Emsolation fans did pick up when the sneakers were exposed. Yeah, they made, I just had my platform Puma trainers and then Capo, the head dressmaker, and she was just amazing, my dresser. She was kind of like my key to the outside world. Capo made me little doilies to go over the top mm-hmm. and um, Dolly wore flats from that moment on. And each week I would watch in awe as they would build these incredible sets for 90 seconds of performing. It's yeah. Amazing. Well, they were very elaborate production numbers. Mm, mm. And so even when you're rehearsing those production numbers, mm-hmm. the dancers and shit, they don't nah. know. No, so when you're rehearsing, you wear a, this was my least favourite part, the only bad part. You have to wear like a hood on your head, like uh, a, like a, a whole. Like like not the Jedi mask. Another no. One. It's like a sock for your head, like straight over the top and you can kind of see through it. So I had the giant skirt and then my shoulders and then a hood, a a little sock on my head. And then if I wanted to speak, I had to talk to my private security officer who would then relay that to the person I was trying to communicate to. Well, that lasted. Oh, so they couldn't hear your speaking voice. Well, that, how long do you reckon that lasted? How long, how many, how, do you reckon I remembered that I could? <laughs> no, I'd give it a solid 45 seconds. <laughs> Not it. Uh, it was bad. I got on stage and I saw, um, I saw a couple of the dancers for Fly Away, like the first time I was out there, and they were uh, dressed as giant dildo toilet scrubbing oh, brushes. Oh, you just I screamed lost my mind. and cried. Just it was a religious me. moment. And Alex is going, shh, 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 shh. I'm like, 
I'm like, no, I can't, I can't. And so, <laughs> so everyone just go, oh, no. Oh, God, this is going to be really hard. <laughs> so, <laughs> but no, no one knew. The crew didn't know. Cameraman, no one knew. There was only about, I reckon, about five people in total. Pamela, Pamela Craddock is the fixer. She runs everything for Warner Brothers. If you need a glass of wine, if you need a tampon, if you need a body hidden, Pamela's your go-to woman. Yeah. She, she knew and about four or five others and that was it. They'd because dr- they'd- amongst the host and judges, there are people with whom you've had significant professional yeah. interactions before. So obviously, Osha, Idol, and <sighs> Husey, you've yeah. appeared on these shows so many times. Yeah. And even Jackie O and Danny, you've, yes. you've. So did any of them at any point somehow find a way to give you a little nudge, nudge, wink, wink? I think I know it's you. Even if. Yeah. The- Only Osha, because he couldn't help himself. <laughs> yeah. What was it? Tell us. <laughs> he just said to me, I think I know who you are. You got in trouble for it, I think. I think I know who you are. Can I go riding with your husband while you're here? Uh, <laughs> no, I, and, I, I like it. That's a nice and, thing. And Osh kept going, oh, he smells so good, Dolly. Dolly smells amazing. Dolly's good. And then one week Dave guessed me as Shania Twain and I got the giggles inside the suit and G could hear me and they like had to stop down filming so I could stop giggling. And then he knew, G knew. Uh, and I think... I know that Jackie knew. I actually saw the look of recognition on her face when I was about three bars into the first song. I genuinely don't think Danny knew as early as Dave and Ursula and Jackie knew. I think Danny right. was probably even the though, last to figure it out. Yeah. publicly she was the one that seemed to be the most on it. <laughs> well, they have to, unfortunately, like, they, they have to keep making guesses to keep it interesting. Like, they can't all go, it's M, it's M, it's M, like, our insulation listeners have been doing. They yes. have to like put down in people's minds and keep it spicy. And um, oh no, it's hard so, work being a mass singer judge. Yeah, yeah. It's oh no, they're not called judges actually. I'm just, they're, they're the guessing panel. Okay, <laughs> they're oh, not yeah, called judges. Well, they don't tend to offer a critique necessarily. No, no, no. God, no. Although which it was is, clear great. that they were. I mean, you were getting standing O's. Yeah, it was really nice. It was. It was just this. Fun camp, no stakes, everyone wanted you to succeed situation that I'm so unfamiliar with. Well, and having said that, though, like you were always very excited when you kept progressing through. Yes. Yeah. 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 So you there was get... still a potential for you to go. And... Oh, yeah. There was there was stakes for me personally within my own ego. When I was bottom two that week with baby, I was out. like, oh, sweating. I was really stressed because I knew that I would get to sing uh, the I Can't Make You Love Me. I knew yes. that was coming up next. I can make you love me if you don't know. And you can make your heart feel something. And you knew, so when Em got the list of songs and everything mm. like that, you, you had never sung that song before and you connected with it and part of your, apart from obviously, you know, of course anyone wants to progress as far as they can, but part of your drive to progress as far as you can was so that you could sing that song because you knew it was going to be the best. Yeah, and I Can't Make You Love Me is like, it's such a, it's the headline to I, I could sing that to myself, I could sing that to my husband when we were separated, I could sing that to certain fractions of the media, the Australian public. Like it's it, when I when I started probably listening to that song, I was like, oh, my God. 
Also, okay. I've just side note. I think you really suit doing interpretations of songs by country artists. That's yeah. one thing I've learned out of this experience is yeah. that your voice, even though you don't have a country voice, you have more of like a bluesy, soulful voice. Mm. It really, really works with with mm. the writings of country artists. It's the pain. <laughs> it's the pain. It's the trauma. It's the vibrato, the slow vibrato. No, I think, I mean, my voice has been lovingly called a rhino on a skateboard and it's <laughs> because I have, in the singing world, there are really technical singers like Sean, my backing singer, and Olivia, and they can, and Ariana Grande, for example, they can do all those tricky runs, Beyonce. Um, I don't do that. I have tone. And that is like kind of a, a thickness to the voice and, and it, it it fills the space. Whereas someone like Ariana's got the range and the tricks, but her voice is quite kind of light and airy. And mine is, hers is like a hummingbird and mine is a rhino on a skateboard. Mm. So it does better with ballads, always has. And so so they give you the songs, but by and large they were very, they were perfect for you. But who, do you work with them on the clues? Mm, no, <laughs> the clues are not meant to help. I just want to state that from the outset. Well, they really did it. Good. I'm <laughs> sitting there. Yeah. Who've, I've really racked up the time here and mm. I'm sitting there going, what the hell? There mm. were some that in retrospect I should have known. Like well, I was really flummoxed by the diamonds because I wasn't thinking. Oh. I was just thinking the jewelry. But then, of course, Diamond Creek, of course. But mm. I just didn't think of it at the time. And, and just then, even the uh, even yeah. the the one about the I spent a year in hospital. That was that really threw me. I, I was just completely confused. Um, but over but I, a year is the words, and that's because I yes. um, went into hospital on New Year's Eve one year for my appendix nearly bursting, and didn't, and came out New Year's Day. So it was over. Yes, a year. look, they were very cryptic and obscure, and often. Well, the upside yes. down cow was my school emblem. I which did know people that have one. read my autobiography. I knew know. that one. Diamonds, obviously, yeah, Diamond Creek. Um, the ER clue, which got explained, obviously, because um, my initials are ER. Thursday nights, 9.30, Channel 10, the, the, oh, they had an emergency room, had an ER, and that is my initials, obviously. Um, I remember clues? being flummoxed by that one. What but, was uh, the... You know what? Weirdly, I thought that was about Scott having the accident. <laughs> <laughs> well, me pushing over the bike was... Yeah, my, no, I my got that. I accident. got that one. Yeah, yeah. But no, so you spend like an hour with the clue master and you just tell him all the obscure things about your life. My dad played support for Sammy Davis Jr. There are a lot of opera singers in my family on my dad's side back in the generations. Um, I the, the nine eggs, I came ninth on Australian Idol. There's, there were lots of things. Gina Davis, she was an Olympian archery and I too wanted to be an Olympian. Um you know, like that kind of stuff. I just just spoke to this guy for like an hour and then they go away and they write, say, the first three weeks of clues and because mm. they don't know who's going to progress. And then as I kept getting further, they had to keep kind of pumping me for more information. So, um, yeah, it was just me, which is so hard because I'm such a confessional person and there's so much about me in the public arena that I've put out there that it was really hard for them to find things that my fans and they anyway, my fans all went. They all got it. Show it, bang! But the Emsolation Facebook group has been like a true true crime podcast. Like it's oh, been- amazing. <laughs> I know. I mean, but the crime was so true. Crime podcast like takes ages to get to the actual conclusion, true. but not not in this one. This was no, just, no, case but- was closed damningly every single week. Yeah, um, but yeah, they were wild. And and he said to me, the first thing he said to me was, "These clues are not meant to help people. So be as obscure as you can." So okay, cool. That was it. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah. And and so give us what were your favourite? I mean, obviously I can't make you love me. That was a favourite. I'm going to say that uh, It's Raining Men was a favourite of mine. It's Raining Men. Hallelujah. It's Raining Men. Amen. It really was the pinnacle of ridiculousness. Not oh. so, I mean, the vocal was great, but more just the whole just production great. number element that, of it. Yeah. And there are, uh, my, to one of my producers, he came in and he's gay and he's, he's just said, thank you, this is the campus thing that has ever been on Channel 10. And I'm it really, really was. And I just said, I'm just happy to have given this to all of, to you, to everyone. It was, cr- yeah, It's Raining Men was my, it was, that was the funnest. That was so fun. Um, and there was a real debate over, I really wanted the boys in yellow bedazzled Speedos, but it oh, was a bit. That would yeah. have made it even gayer. They, yeah. Well, and the, like I did kind of open the show and, you know, it's a lot. Mm. <laughs> I was already pushing the boundary. So I think, I think the Florence, my, I mean, my grand final song, it was just this, I, I really kind of let go and unleash and flying harpists on a national television yeah. show. <laughs> oh, it's like, uh, With butterflies and dry ice competing against Anastasia. Like probably the, the grand final for, with that performance at Florence was like, it, I don't know. I loved them all. The only one I hated was the Beanie song, the um, I'm a Loser. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm Lonely. I know stuff. That, yeah, that one. I fought them on that. I really didn't want to do that song. It just felt weirdly out of character. Like I wanted to put in Jolene or something. I wanted to put in mm. something. I of... love No Scrubs too, by the way. Yeah, that it was, was another great. really, really great one. No, I don't want no scrub. The scrub is a guy that can get no love from me. Hanging out the passenger side of his... Oh, I love them all. I honestly couldn't tell you. I just remember this is the first time I was sitting watching myself back in my lounge room. It's the first time I've watched myself and not critiqued anything. Like, I was just like, yeah, well done. Like, you did that. Normally I would be, like, kicking it apart and agonising and, <laughs> like, screenshotting stuff and sending it to you. It's just like, nah, you're, you're right, mate. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> and now which of the other masks, did you just get them all from listening yes. to them? You got them all. There's no and one I, that was a surprise to you. Nah. Really? Oh, no, yeah. Vinnie Jones, I had no idea. Yeah. The guy who went first. I was Mrs. Mangle on set. I was a pest that there were memos going out about watch out for Dolly. She's on the hunt. Apparently none of the other celebs gave a shit about who anyone else was. I was the only mask who cared. (laughs) (laughs) So I was doing things like I was sharing a trailer with another person they would be so group one would film and group two would film and we didn't really meet up until the third week of filming and um, I quickly turned the Netflix on and I checked the email account registered to the Netflix account and that's oh. how I found out one of them. <laughs> uh, but you had some speculation. I remember really early on you thought that Vanessa Amorosi might be there. Yeah, well, Jack um, Kebab. Jack Vision eluded you for a while as well. You were certainly yes, around that. Yes, it took me ages. Axel eluded me for a bit too, I have to say. And him and I were the closest, like we were always on together. But mm. I, I think for me, Vanessa, I heard Vampire and I heard Kebab sing and Vanessa has very similar vocal qualities to both Jack and Anastasia. So, and then I'm like, is it Taylor Dane though? Because Taylor Dane sounds like all of those people as well. So, um, mm. yeah, for a while I thought Kebab was Vanessa Amorossi. Uh, but it turned out to be Jack Vigin, obviously. But I didn't know Macy. 
I, I mean, Macy, I only got really like when the show started airing. Like that was one I didn't really know. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone else, I, I mean, I didn't know the football. I didn't know Lottie, um, the footballer, the NRL great. I didn't yes. know him because no. simply because I'm Victorian. Yeah. Um, I, I wasn't aware of Ali Simpson, but that's just because I'm really old. Both the girls <laughs> knew her. Um, Cody Simpson's sister, influencer. She's lovely, lightning. But, um, yeah, I think as soon as I realised it was Anastasia, I was, like, obsessed with Vampire. It was like, and we were in the same group, thank God, and always recorded right near each other. So, yeah, yeah, there was one episode where she fell over. Um, Actually, it was the group number last night. She did a high kick at the end and mullet caught her leg, but in rehearsal... Um, she just had a little bit too much pepper on it and she oh, slipped. And Anastasia like, down. Oh, yeah, my but God. She, she was so fine because she she's so wrapped up. It's, you're like you're in an F1 car. <laughs> kebab, kebab went down one day because it's so top heavy. Yeah. But it's we're so caged and protected. And we, yeah, and we have the men in blacks and the ladies in blacks around us. But, yeah, that was hectic. But she was laughing. She did the splits a lot. Anastasia is very bendy and giggly and... Does like she's an energizer bunny, full, true. Oh, uh, well, that's what that's how I always dreamed she was. Mm. M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. This is, 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 is M. Salation. And now, so parallel to all of this joy, COVID, this was all playing out when COVID was overtaking Sydney. And we were going from, yeah, it's 20 cases a day. I'm not that worried to all of a sudden, Jesus Christ, do we need to get you under the border? So, how and let's just I just want to preface this by saying Mars Singer was shot in Melbourne last year mm. and they actually had COVID infiltrate the production and got the dancers. And so mm. I don't know whether th- that was part of the decision to put it in Sydney, but I suspect it might have been. And then they got you know, they ended up in the biggest wave that yeah. Sydney's experienced. So, how much did that throw everything into Bedlam and how stressed were you? Oh, it was, it was, I didn't feel like the Warner Brothers and Channel 10 exemplary everything in terms of we were tested every second day, every second mm. day. We were all in bubbles, in teams. Uh, I was in a non-hotspot at that point. I was staying on the northern beaches and and production wasn't in a hotspot either. And so everyone and all the permissions were there, obviously, were essential services, production still going on so we can make entertainment and employ people and so people in lockdown can watch stuff at home. And um, I never felt worried about getting COVID ever once I, the, the chaos was a lot of the crew were coming in from the LSAs that were having hotspot problems. So we lost some crew members just because they didn't want to risk anything, you know, like mm. they were, they were so cautious and careful. Um, but then the last week leading into the grand final, Dan, you text me and said, Dan's just said he's going to close the borders to Victorian residents. Mm. And so I had to have a very hard conversation with, Stephen Tate, my friend Stephen Tate, who cast me on Australian Idol. He's the head of reality at Channel 10. He cast me on Idol 17 years ago and mm, he mm. cast me on The Masked Singer. Um, and he was, they were amazing. They said, if you need to go home, we will we'll get you home now. We'll, we'll get you there. We'll just, we understand and we'll just use green screens. And there was never any pressure on me to stay. Wow. Oh, that is impressive. Mm. And... In the well, end, did they could they could have genuinely done that because I remember I didn't Osha do green screen. They had to do that me. last year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but it would be hard for them, and also Melbourne was also teetering, and and I kind of looked around and and um, 
I found out, you know, all there was a lot of people from Melbourne, Danny, Dave, there was uh, me, the executive producer, Karen, a lot of us there were from Melbourne and we all kind of decided one in, all in and mm-hmm. hoped that we could get back home. I really needed to get back because Odie needed to go to school because Odie does some on-campus stuff sometimes and Marcella's uni was starting back up and my parents need my help. So it was becoming a bit stressful. So in the end, we all stayed and we got it done. And I'm so glad I stayed. I'm just glad that all these people were employed and there's so many creatives and the costume makers, the backing dancers, that's the only gigs they've had in so long. It it just, for me, I never felt, you know, sometimes people are like, oh, well, why can you work and we can't? And it's like, if you could work, you would. Like it's oh, just, totally. do you know what I mean? Like Wildly I, so in the performing arts. Yeah. And, and so that part of it was great, but it was, it was, it was really wild. And all that time we were like gearing up to the newsreader to come on. And mm. then one week there was a clash of. There totally was. And also it was so, so hang on, wait, I just want to ask one more. Wait, back, back, back. I just yeah. want to know when you're finally exposed and you do mm. the full like finale, what did like, do you get to the judging panel and everyone, like, what did they say off camera? Like, obviously people like Husey would come up and have a chat to you. Can you tell us like, you know, what were they? Oh, we didn't have much of a chat because it was like it had been a really long filming day and everyone was tired and what, yeah, when you take him, yeah, when they do take it off, take it off, they actually stop down filming and um, you don't take your head off at that point. They have got to clear out the studio. They've got to sweep all the non-essential staff out so your identity isn't revealed to them. And then if your turn is to go, you go and get your face made up, you get all done up. I didn't have glittery eyeshadow on every time Dolly stepped in there, babes. Right, And right. Um, then you come back. So filming, it's like it's 10, 12-hour days easily. And we went for a month straight. It was a crazy schedule. But, um, yeah, I uh, I got to see, I got to, the head came off and la, la, la. And then we I finished my song. We had our photos. And Jackie came over. She's so sweet. She goes, I knew it was you. I said, I know, darling. and Danny was great Danny is the consummate she's so lovely she's just like she said you're so you're great that voice she's just everything she is on camera she is off camera there is no that is Miss Minogue don't yeah she is a ray of sunshine um Husey he goes nah nah it took me a few weeks but I got it but I you know I gotta keep having me guesses (laughs) and Urs is like I knew I knew but, you know, I had to throw them off and then that was, that was <laughs> That's it. That's a very good impression of it. <laughs> Thanks. She's so funny. But, um, yeah, it was good. I mean, I've spoken to Jackie O a couple of times. She's, she's so lovely. She sent me some text messages just saying how good it's been and I've spoken to Husey a bit. We've been texting. Um, my dad asked me to text Husey to say, what's wrong with you? Why don't you know it's my daughter? So dad and Husey had a funny exchange <laughs> <laughs> about that. Um, but, yeah, it was such a great experience. I... I can't say enough positive things about what Dolly's done for me. I'm I'm going to get her tattooed on my body. I'm Can just... who keeps the costume? Oh no, that's Warner Brothers, and my mm. costume on its well, own. I feel is like they worth... should just give it to you. Oh no, <laughs> God, those costumes are worth a hundred grand. Like the, uh. the the man hours that went into Dolly, the amount of time and effort. No, but the sad thing is, all the costumes just go into a big warehouse and wait for other countries to request them. Um, now, but did no, you she's gone. hand on heart ever? put out a little clue on any of your social media platforms or were you, because I certainly know there was speculation. Like, for example, on your Facebook Live when the song It's Raining Men came in, 
Did you have a little moment? Like, was there ever, did you weave anything into your eyelashes? Did you ever put out a clue? <laughs> that was so funny. I have signed a very comprehensive non-disclosure <laughs> agreement and if I had done any of those things, I would be in direct breach of my non-disclosure agreement. So what I will say is I think the Emsolation listeners know me well enough to know the answer to that question. And that's all I'll say. <laughs> that's all I'll say. And I have never been more entertained than reading through the conspiracy theories. There were some things that I did that were genuinely like someone said, I once signed off our podcast is for everyone. And she wrote on our Facebook page, she said, emphasize the word one. She's won the mass singer, guys. She's won the mass singer. And I was looking at that going, nah. Wrong. <laughs> and then someone's like, she talked about betting, which was really out of character. Was she telling us to bet on her for winning? And I really wanted to say something then. I'm like, please don't do that. But um, <laughs> it yeah. must, I think it's just beautiful that, that such a committed conspiracy theorist is on oh, the other end of conspiracy theories. It's been a beautiful, poetic, like, circle of life. I've... Thoroughly enjoyed it and also felt like I've screamed at my computer so many times, no, wrong. Uh, Um, Let's just, I mean, uh, my favourite bit in your trying to throw people off the scent was when (laughs) Chella clearly went on a mission to try and say maybe it's Ricky Lee. (laughs) That was when I was... Yeah, we went through an early phase where I was like screenshotting everything M did, obviously to trying like pretend as though she's not on the Mars Singer, and I was like would send screenshots going respect. But then after a while, <laughs> I, just, I just signed off. I know it just. I have the social media demon, which I was a parent. She's like, yeah, but we need your videos to get likes, so I'm gonna put it in the group and say it's someone else, but they're all gonna watch it because they all know it's you. So. People know, Channel 10 know you've got a really huge community. Like she's like she gets it because it is great for me. The hardest thing is like that's all this content. I know. That I, I couldn't post. It was really weird. It actually was because, yeah, very, very often we would be recording the podcast and it did feel genuinely really strange that something so big was happening that could not be spoken about at all. <sighs> it was huge, all-consuming, and I – Every time you and I would sit down to record the podcast while I was in Sydney, I I just had to like just recalibrate my brain because my whole life was security officers and dancers and choreography and singing with Gary Pinto, who is just an angel on earth. So Gary Pinto, obviously from the band CBD back in the day, is also an amazing soloist and respected backing vocalist and producer and he does all the vocal arrangements and vocal kind of warm-ups on the show. And Gary honestly kept me going. He's so, so kind. And we would just chat 90s R&B and I'd have him tell me stories about who he's worked with. And he is, oh, God, he was so great. <laughs> it was so good to work with him. But that was my whole life and I couldn't then see you on the podcast and be like, oh, my God. My biggest danger was um, in the early weeks when people would tweet really nice things about your voice and tro- just not liking any of them, like <laughs> pretending as though, like just because I knew that if I liked a tweet, then, you know, it would be all over. <laughs> 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 it was very hard to say restraint. And did you, I also had, because I'm lucky enough to still be going to a workplace, and as time went on, I had people doing really sly things to try and trick me into saying something something 
Did you have that at all? Did you have people ringing? Who did you have, like, contact you saying, come on, it's you? I had everyone I know just (laughs) sent me a really respectful text. Like, I mean, obviously I know it's you. I've heard you sing, but I'm going to leave you be to enjoy it. That was the vibe. <laughs> and then every week I'll get from, and I don't respond. I just like, or I'll, I'll, I just like send a little shrug emoji. That was my go-to was the shrug emoji. Mm. And like my cousins, my auntie, my uh, my band who tour oh, the country course. with me. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, they know your voice inside out. Yeah, and none of them would have normally watched The Masked Singer. It wasn't until they started using my voice in the promos. That's when every, that's when I got hounded. It was on. The the day the Tones and I um, promo went out and I was singing it, they didn't really know who to attribute the voice to because it wasn't immediately clear it was Dolly singing. Mm. But I that was the day I got over, like, I don't know, 50, 60 messages from people on my phone, thousands online, and they're like, we know you can't tell us. Don't tell us. My backing singer even, like, just before the grand final said, oh, my God, you have to win. Don't tell me. But you have to win. And again, <laughs> I just sent the trusty old, she's number one of my favourites, the brunette shrug emoji. She's been my go-to. Um, so it's been more everyone knew, but they also knew that I couldn't say anything. Um, but I've definitely flown the closest to the wind in terms of contestants, <laughs> like letting mm. people assume things. But I have such a unique relationship with my fan base, my community, my people. My village. That's right. Um, no one else. Yes, it's on so open there. and yeah. it's also so playful. So mm. I have mm. to give cred to the two single best times that someone tried to trick me. Firstly, oh. the art department on five bedrooms. <laughs> the art director wandered into my office <laughs> and laid down on my desk an actual, like one of the toilet dolly things that actually is very similar to what you had. And just now, tell me, you've kept that. You've kept I've it. I've kept it. I yes. Because I have because of we're in lockdown, I haven't been able to give it to Em. But yes, I've got. I'm looking at it right now. I've got that. And the other one that really tricked, really threw me, yeah. was um, I'm a uh, five bedroom. The executive from from Channel Ten. Mm. Um, he's not actually the executive of of Mars Singer, but obviously, you know, he's one of the Channel Ten executives. And he just mm. opened like a general work phone call with. So your friend sang beautifully on Mars Singer last night, and it. It was a group phone call. It was really, really hard. And I had to really, like, gather myself and went, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Lucy <gasps> Jurak was on it last year. What? Yeah. Do you think they were trying to test me to see if I'd told you? Because I had told you. It, it was. Uh, but also at this point, this was only, like, in the past week. At this point, it's like, you know, I mean, anyway, he, he I don't know. I don't know what it was, but it was really oh, unsettling. Oh, my God. You did so well. I would have dissolved on the spot. I did. I hesitated. Like it was a really telling pause and I hesitated. But I, but I, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, in the end I had to tell you because you knew. But, like, you worked oh, for Channel yeah, 10. You did, and we did for Adrian keep going for ages. Oh, the yeah. The only reason, we would have got away with it too. We kept on saying the lockdown, that the lockdown got us. was making a TV special yeah. and it was, if it wasn't for the pandemic. Because then he was, because he started to be like, Hang on. So Chella's here and M, what what sort of special is it that, mm. I mean, she's got to come, mm. like the borders are going to shut, like all of this mm. sort of stuff and there was just no way oh. that we could get out yeah. of not 
saying something. I definitely <laughs> would have got away with it if it wasn't for the pesky border closures. Like That's 100%. Right. It would have been so easy. I would go there all the time for the project, for lots of things. It was easily done. And I also, if there were no COVID, I would have just flown in and out. You know, like I, I would have, we wouldn't have had to have, like we relocated the whole family for a month. Like it was mm. nuts. But it was mm. so great. I, it, she's reignited everything and, and allowed me to do what I love best again. I mean, I haven't performed live. I've performed once live in nearly two years now. I mean, yes, that once was at the Sydney My Music Bowl in front of 5,000 mm. people, but still it was great to perform. Just Even though it was to an audience of super creepy furries, like, it was still an audience. It was still people standing there watching me do what I love doing most. And, and was it was it not, well, like, it, it, it's obviously weird to perform without anyone seeing you at all, but was there also something sort of great? I mean, normally yes. your visual presentation of yourself is ah. such a massive part of your act. Like, yeah. it's, you're, to put it mildly, you're not someone who just throws anything on and no. goes out and no. performs. I, was, I, I enjoyed that part the most. I enjoyed that part the absolute most. It was just, it was like I was in a little prote- protective, chill, pink chill cocoon and just, it was just, I had my own little amphitheatre with that giant dome head. I had my Madonna mic on. My in my in ears were like inside my earlobe. So when I've got my, my singing headphones on, my in ears, I can't hear anything but my voice. So I was like in my own little echo chamber in the dark it was actually perfect. I felt no nerves. I just got to sing. It was. It must be like what Sia feels. Pretty much. <laughs> I preferred it. I genuinely loved it. I'd do it. I'd do it a hundred times over. I just can't. And I resent and rebuff and reject anyone saying it's a loser thing that degrade celebrities do. I won't have it because. Oh, I don't think that at all. It's an incredible show with incredible talented people on the screens, but behind the scenes, the dancers costume makers, the producers, they're also creative and incredible and it that's degrading no, their work. Celebs, especially yeah. this year. Yeah, no, I just it's just I, I and I used to be a person that thought that and this show totally changed my mind. So I mean my, my career's gone great guns and this is just gonna hopefully make it even better and remind people that I can sing and I'll do more singing. So And will we hear any of the songs that you performed on Mars Singer yes. in live shows to come. You will. I'm also, I recorded, I've recorded them for you all and they'll be put on my social media oh, in the next really? week. Yes. Oh. Yep. You guys will get the videos of me singing them with Sean. Well, finally, we can and post what we've yeah. been posting yeah. the whole way. Yeah. That's all going to happen. Um, so, yeah. All right. We'll wrap up now. We just wanted to give you guys a bit of relief. You're all right. You guys were right. Because I'm saying you guys, it's gendered. You people, you gang were right. Um, <laughs> we did gaslight you intentionally, <laughs> but with love, with, with love. love and yep. contractual uh, uh, absolute threats. And it killed me. <laughs> it killed me. But um, and thank you to the, everyone in the Emsolation Facebook group for your uh, incredible love and support and kind words. Amazing, amazing and, commitment. And truly, the person that made the meme of you with the thing oh. in your eyelashes that. Is the single funniest <laughs> thing I think I've ever seen on the internet. It just kept giving. Yeah. It just, oh, I still think about it a lot. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll be back again. Obviously, normal Apple come out Thursday where we'll talk Gladys Berejiklian, we'll talk her replacement, we'll talk Britney's conservatorship, we'll talk more Mustinger stuff. If there's any questions I haven't answered, please let us know. Hello at mrassiano.com and Michael and I will get to them on Thursday. I know. I think colleges. I've been pretty comprehensive in my yarn. No, you've been great. Here, but I Very mean, there good. must be something that has slipped through. <laughs> so send it.
All right. Thanks, babes. Talk soon. Bye. Bye. M with M Rossiano is a Spotify exclusive podcast hosted by M Rossiano with Michael Lucas. Executive produced by Benjamin Wosley. Produced by M Rossiano. Edited by Ezekiel Fenn at Entente Music. With videos by Liam O'Brien. Socials by Marcella Rossiano Barrow. With assistance from Jem Evans and Georgia Watts. Plus occasional technical wizardry, wine, and coffee from M's dad, Vincey. Get more m by following the m podcast on Instagram, where you can also sign up for our weekly newsletter. You can join other m at the m group on Facebook. The answer is Harry Styles. If you love what we do, share this podcast with a friend and make sure you're following us on the Spotify app. Thanks for taking time out to listen to this week's episode, and we look forward to chatting with you again soon. 